Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. You doing good? Yeah, we're years flying by. We're, it really is. It really is. Like uh, It's almost to a point of where if I think about it too much, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. Like it's July already. It's past my. It feels like our birthdays came and went like nothing. Although I guess that's what happens when you get older. I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, we are just a little bit past the halfway mark of the year. I think you and I both kind of use the that Fourth of July as like the halfway. I don't know if it's numerically the halfway mark, but we are at the halfway point this year, and it's been a wild ride. Right, we, we've had a lot of stuff happening. We've had sequels, remakes, blockbusters. We've, we got failing franchises. We got soaring franchises. We got a couple original movies in there that are being successful. You know, we got Marvel coming eh, to a close. Phase three. Just put a bow on it with our last episode, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. The Baba Yaga returned in what might be one of my favorite movies of the year, John Wick 3, Parabellum. I don't know if that's the whole title. And, and speak, you know, as much as that's a franchise, it, it, it at least stemmed, you know, grew from an original, you know, work. Mm-hmm. And so did us. Jordan Peele came back uh, with another, you know, what is, what is he called? Socially conscious horror movie, A New Nightmare from Jordan Peele. And there's still a half a year left to go. You know, a lot of the big movies have already been released. Obviously, Endgame and Spider-Man, those are going to be big movies. Captain Marvel, I think, was bigger than maybe even you and I could have anticipated. And for this year, it's kind of like, or for this, not this year, but for this particular episode, we're going to kind of take a step back, kind of take stock of everything that has happened, the highs, the, not so much the lows, but but the highs, you know, just talking about the year, the previous six months, the first half of the year, get everyone hyped for the second half of the year, talk about some of our most anticipated movies. What's funny, though, and I know you like this, because we talk about box office, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, you and I, and I think you would agree with this, you and I use... Basically, two measurements of kind of what movies are to be talked about, and that's box office and that's the Oscars. Would you agree? I would agree. Although, although by no means are those any official standard of judging quality of movie. You know, that's the whole joy of what we do, and the whole credo of the popcorn diet is to love whatever you want without shame, without guilt, and whatnot. But this year. With the box office being the way it is, a lot of people are talking about how it's been a really down year, except for Disney, um, which a lot of people are concerned about. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But if you look at what is coming out, like the the top five movies right now as we sit for the box office year are Avengers, Captain Marvel, Aladdin, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man. Like, damn. That's and, – and, you know, we had talked about this in our – our preview episode for the year that Disney was going to have an insane year. I mean, none of this is a surprise, at least not to me. Beyond that, you know, you got John Wick, 
Number three, you got How to Train Your Dragon. Number three, you got Detective Pikachu. You got Secret Life of Pets 2, Shazam, Dumbo Glass, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Lego Movie 2, A Medea Funeral, <laughs> and the Men in Black International. And those, I believe, if my count is correct, those make up 16 of the top 20 movies this year in terms of box office. All 16 of those are sequels, remakes. Pikachu is not the first Pokemon movie, but it's the first live-action Pokemon movie. And then you got a couple, uh, you know, you got the four that are kind of quote-unquote original. You got Us, which is wholly original. Mm-hmm. You have The Upside, which was a remake uh, of a foreign, I think it was a French movie. You got Rocket Man, which is a you know, biopic. And then you got Alita, which was an adaptation. And those are the only, the only quote-unquote original Movies, you know, first of their franchise, you know, if we had to do it in the top 10 of the box office. Now, you did some, you being our resident statistician and historian, you looked back at some of the box office as it was at this midpoint of, sure. of their respective years. What did you find out in terms of like sequels and stuff like that? Because well, it hasn't always been this way. Well, first and foremost, you know, I people have definitely been talking about how down of a year this is or that this is a down year funny enough this this year through july 8th as we talk today mm-hmm. um, is actually only second in the last five years i only have going back the last five years but is only second to last year last year at this time it was a little over six and a half billion dollars in the box office okay um Second is this year, which is just over six bi- uh, six billion, mm-hmm. and then it goes. Twenty seventeen was five hundred ninety four million or five five billion nine hundred ninety four million. Okay. Then it was five nine seven four five eight four zero, and twenty fourteen was five four eight five. So the I'm money's sure there. The money is there. But so. It's- it's the division of it. Yeah, and I mean, but I think if you looked on paper and at the beginning of the year and looked at when movies were coming out and right. what movies were coming out, I mean, it'd be pretty pretty clear that Disney would have a pretty landslide lead. I mean, we, we said that at the beginning of the year that this was going to be the year at Disney. Oh, sure. Not that every year hasn't been recently, but this year especially. Um, but if you go back five years um, to this same time, the top 20 movies of the year at this point, five years ago, um, was basically split right down the movie, uh, the middle. You had Lego movie, which at that time was original. It was sure. the first time it came out. Um, Divergent again, ended up leading to additional ones, but it was the first of that series a failed franchise. Yes. Uh, neighbors ended up getting a sequel, but was, this was the original one ride along the fault in our stars, Mr. Peabody, Noah, Nonstop, Edge of Tomorrow, and Heaven is Real. Um, so it was literally 10 original and 10 sequels or remakes okay. um, in the top 25 years ago. If you go back 10 years, I wasn't able to track it just down to this date and time for the podcast. Um, so I just looked at the whole year. Okay. And at the end of the year in 2009, it was, again, split right down the middle. 10 of the top 20 were original and 10 of the... Uh, top 20 were remakes or sequels so the originals that year were avatar up the hangover the blind side sherlock holmes kind of original um monsters vs aliens 
2012, the proposal, Paul Bart, Mall Cop, and Taken. Um, funny enough, <laughs> I feel like three quarters of those all ended up getting sequels. So they, they all did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Avatar is going to, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And the funny thing is, is, and that's what we bring it up, is we bring up division. Because the one thing that I see, and this is hard for me. This is hard for, I think, for both of us. Because Disney is so damn good at what they do. Sure. That they're just leaps and bounds above everybody else. But the one thing you see looking at those movies, you go back, you, you, you know, hit that little back button on the podcast app you're listening to us to. You listen to all those movies again. Not a lot of Disney movies on those lists. No. Well, and the, the interesting to me, thing to me is is just this whole topic of sequels, original content. Sure. Yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, the question really is, I mean, yes, Disney is probably the biggest contributor to that. Disney doesn't come out with a whole lot of original stuff outside of Pixar. Right. Um, if we're being honest. I mean, there's not a ton no. at this time that they're making. Um, why? Why? diverge from marvel money and <laughs> a live action remakes which is pretty much what it seems like they're focused on right now sure um but i mean my question to you is do we have a, a problem which i know we've talked about before but do we have a problem of lack of original content like the jordan peels of the world or is this kind of just what we should expect um, in the first half of the year or just in the box office in general sure. that we're going to get that original content. It's just not going to do well at the box office. So I think it's more of the latter than the former. I, I don't necessarily look at it as a problem. I just look at it as, as an evolution of entertainment as everything else. Now, is it is there you know conversation to be had about Disney making a monopoly and having a monopoly on the box office and whatnot? Yeah, sure. There's a conversation to be had there. Um, is there a conversation about how filmmaking is basically turning into or more not less not filmmaking, but movie going is turning into event films only? Um, maybe, you know, the conversation might be there. Um, but I think it's a more interesting conversation, in, in my opinion, to talk about the fact that more so than any other time in history, content is available. Content is available to be consumed on multiple platforms. Movies are able to be consumed on multiple platforms, not just in the theaters and not just direct-to-video. And direct-to-video doesn't necessarily mean it's shit anymore. You know, we, we we have Netflix, which is pumping out. Well, direct-to-video is still garbage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> direct-to-VOD. <laughs> direct-to-VOD, maybe. Yes. <laughs> um, day and date, maybe. But we have Amazon Prime, we have Hulu, we have Netflix, we have, uh, we'll have Disney Plus. We they just announced HBO Max, um, HBO in and of itself. We have all of these different ways to consume media. And so on one hand, yeah, it's a little troubling to see certain films falter at the box office. Um, on the other hand, I think it hopefully becomes a wake up call to certain studios that they got to step their game up. And truly make something special if they hope to bring people into the box office. And then going back to my previous point, it is easier now. Not I'm not saying it's easy, but it is easier now than it's ever been before to get your movie seen. It is easier now to make your movie independently and get it put on Amazon Prime. It is easier now than ever before to get that movie and put it on Apple 
or wherever you purchase your digital copies of movies, which then, you know, that spirals into a conversation about ownership and physical media and digital media. And this could splinter off into a number of different things. But in my opinion, this isn't a problem. It's an evolution. Uh, Eventually, Disney is going to run out of things to remake. Eventually, Bob Iger, who runs Disney right now, will step down and be replaced by somebody else who has a different creative vision. You know, this it's going to happen. This isn't going to be the constant, especially if Disney keeps cranking out 10 movies a year. They're going to run out of shit to remake. So is it a problem? I don't I don't think so. I do think it's it's something to talk about. And I do think that there is a certain level of sky is falling. Uh, I was talking uh, with Jeremy Nakano, good friend of the podcast uh, today about how things are always blown out of proportion, no matter where you read news and whatever that news is about a lot of it is designed to make you think there's a bigger problem than what there really is you know and that's my opinion you know some people might might think I'm wrong about that but in my opinion I think that there are a lot of positive ways that you can look at this what about you well I think you know I think the challenge right now and I think this really started probably about 10 years ago which is when we kind of went back to in the sense that you had 2008 and everything that came with that sure. and the economy kind of struggling. And I think studios started reacting to it by not just throwing money around as much. Um, you, you saw a lot of those like big budget like films like we traditionally saw like the world disaster movies and sure. things like that kind of become less and less, at least not to the budget that they used to be getting. Um, you know, I think of a recent one, our, our one that we saw, Geostorm. Geostorm! Like, that wasn't, you know, the same budget of like, say, even if we go back to one of the ones we listed, like a 2012 right. um, movie and, and ones like those. Um, I think they started getting away from that and saying, okay, we like promoting original content in that, mm-hmm. but those kind of got shifted to the lower budget you know, films. And that's why I think you saw all these smaller studios pop up because, you know, if you want to have that creative control and all of that kind of stuff, and you're not going to get a hundred million dollars anyways, why stick with like a major studio that's going to dictate, you know, what you're going to do or, or be, have more of a say, go to a smaller one and, and have more creative control. Um, but I also think, you know, when money is tight, you go with the sure bets. Like you don't exactly you don't take a leap on an avatar. Like had Avatar not already been pretty much done, like I don't know if Avatar <laughs> gets it's, made gets made the way it gets made. I mean, Cameron is Cameron. Cameron is Cameron. And and the thing is is that's the thing, is there's there's a few directors that will always get basically a blank check or have right. enough money to write their own blank check initially to get it going. Um, like Cameron, like Nolan, like Spielberg, like all those guys are never going to have a hard time finding money to make a big budget film. Right. But you know, you don't get as many, like if we go back 10, 15 years, you had smaller directors or less known directors getting these big budgets from, from studios to do original movies. Um, but now it's, it's gone to, okay, this movie made, 300 million in the box office let's crank out another sequel right no we don't want your passion project we (laughs) want you to make another one of these right and that's why i think you have turnover in some of these franchises too because you get that that director that comes up with the original idea Mm -hmm. and it blows up 
and then the studio just wants them to do it again. Sure. And a, I would imagine a lot of those directors don't just want to make it again. Like they want to move on to the next thing. And so <laughs> the studio goes with the idea and the concept rather than following the director to their next great idea. Exactly. They want to do, you know, what's safe. So um, I don't, like you said, I don't think it's a, a problem. I also think it's something that's cyclical. Um, you know, like you said, we're going to get to a point where it, it takes like an inception and it takes some sure. of those movies doing really well with that original content. Like Christopher Nolan wasn't getting big budgets until he proved himself in one of those and yeah. now he gets those. And I think that's true of, you know, I'm sure like the Russos, like even if they don't keep making superhero movies, like they've proved themselves. So someone will probably throw a large budget at them to do something. To do something, yeah. And to kind of, you know, pivot away from the larger budget movies, you know, I see a lot on film Twitter. You and I, you know, on the Popcorn Diet film Twitter, at the Popcorn Diet you know, we follow a bunch of people, and, and a lot of times they are talking about, oh, it's so disappointing that a movie like Booksmart only made $22 million, or a movie like Brightburn only made 30 something million, or a movie like Fighting With Your Family, Fighting With My Family only made like $40 million. But, like, Booksmart only cost $5 million to make. Yeah. You know, it made a profit. Brightburn only cost like 6 or something like that. These these are these small budget movies that make a decent little profit. Now, would it be great if they made $50, 60000000 million? Absolutely, because these are all good films. Sure. There's not there's not big fat Greek weddings just popping up every single year, like where it's right. like this small budget film that ends up making a crazy amount of money. Or even Deadpool, for example. Um, right. Relatively small budget blows up. Blows and, up. And and I think that that on its own leads to, you know, get out us, mm -hmm. things like that, where it's like, OK, you can make a widely popular, you know, mass appealing film um, on a small budget and it can blow up and do really well. But at the same time, you can make those small movies. Maybe it doesn't blow up, but you're sure. definitely making profit and you're making money. Absolutely. You know, and and again, we're not we're we're only talking about box office. We're not even talking about the movies from Steven Soderbergh that came out this year, from JC Chandor that came out on Netflix, you know? Sure. Like we're not even talking about those. There are those movies are still being made and they are still being watched by a large amount of people. They're not making $800 million at the box office, sure. but they never were. Well, and that's the really cool thing about where we're at today in cinema is if you want to create something, it's so easy to distribute it in right. some form. Like whether it's getting us, whether it's one of the what seems like never ending number of studios out there uh -huh. or whether it's going to streaming and things like that. It is much easier to get your work seen than ever before, which gives us the moviegoers way more access than ever before to watch these films from people that maybe we wouldn't have in the past. And right. it's, it's not a, um, like money is no longer the giant hurdle to being able to do these things. Like right. you could do a relatively low budget film, not spend much money on marketing and just get it out there. Sure. And people can start watching it and start, you know, paying money to see it. And then, you know, maybe it builds up and, and word builds and, you get a hit out of it and that leads to 
your next gig where someone hires you to do something and you can get money for Certainly. it. Certainly. I mean, and, and, and to take a similar perspective before we wrap it up and we look at the, the first half of the year, you know, the other thing to consider is you're also getting people to watch movies that they might not have gone to the movie theater for. Despite the fact that it didn't come out this year, I look at Roma as a really good example last year as a, a black and white subtitled film set in 70s Mexico that is like this little personal you know, human story. And I guarantee you, I don't know the numbers and I know some people don't believe the numbers that Netflix puts, puts out, but I guarantee you that more people watched Roma as it was distributed than they would have had they, it had gotten a theatrical run. Yeah. Well, you think of all the, you know, single parents that can't go out to the theaters, but can sit on the couch once the kids are in bed and watch something you think of, you know, people that travel a lot for a living, people, you know, heck, even like military overseas, like you can't go when you're, you know, serving in Afghanistan, but you can stream, you know, Internet or, you know, whatever the case may be. Sure. And I don't know whether they're watching Netflix or not. I'm just throwing out examples of sure. the ability for you to watch it wherever you're at um, now and not have to get to a brick and mortar theater to be able to have a cinematic experience. Definitely. It's 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 been something it's 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 going to be an ongoing conversation. But let's talk a little bit more objectively here. Let's let's get down to brass tacks. Just you and me, the good movie buddies here in the popcorn diet. Let's talk about 2019 halfway point throughout the film. Talk about some of the things we liked. I'll tell you one thing that we're not going to do, David. You and I talked about this before the podcast. You brought this up and I thought it was a really good point because, you know, me, you, you give me a topic. I'm going to talk about it. But you brought up a very good point, which is the whole purpose, The one of the biggest reasons we started this damn podcast was we were so tired about people being negative about movies, right? And, and that's not to say that you can't not like something. You cannot like something all you want. That's fine. But it's putting an, a significant amount of energy towards not liking that thing. And so one of the things we decided to do is we're not going to talk about disappointments and we're not going to talk about worsts. You know, sure, there are disappointments. I really was disappointed in Hellboy. Dumbo wasn't that great. I thought we weren't going to talk about it. I, I, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm talking about how we're not going to talk about it. Um, but there's no reason to celebrate it. There's no reason to revel in it. it, 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 it it's just, ugh, it's bad. Bad juju. Negative energy. So let's let's focus on the good. Let's focus on what we liked. And we'll start, you know, right off at the top, which is a favorite movie. So, and it's okay, I'm going to just preface it before you jump on me about it. It's okay if you have more, because Lord knows I'll probably say one or two. Um, but what was, what was your favorite movie or some of your favorite movies from this first half of the year? So, favorite movie for me, uh, it's going to be Toy Story 4. Okay, that's not that surprising. It's, it's not that surprising. You know, I love that franchise, and the movie itself didn't disappoint for me already seen it twice probably will see it again at some point but i just enjoyed it um for you know how i am about animated films at this yeah. point like so for an animated film to to have me that excited and enjoy it that much um i just thought it was an unexpected surprise from the standpoint of i didn't think we were ever going to get another toy story movie after three mm-hmm. and not only did we get one but to me it was on par with every other one that we've gotten. So um, that was pleasantly surprising. Um, loved Endgame. Um, I thought Spider-Man was great. Um, really enjoyed Us and John Wick as sure. well, which, 
you know, as I'm looking at the the list on the box office, I'm picking like five of the top seven movies that right. <laughs> box office wise. Right. But at this point, you know, those really are my favorites. And those and 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 mine are very similar. I have not you and I both. We've had a busy first half of the year, and I, you know, I, I remind people that as of right now, this is still just a hobby to us. You know, you know, if you want to go to our Patreon and start throwing some some money towards the podcast, this, is, this certainly won't be unappreciated. So I haven't, we haven't together. You and I have not caught some of the smaller movies that came out. You know, I didn't see Missing Link. I didn't see Brightburn. I didn't see Booksmart. I didn't see. Uh, a couple of things, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I'm kind of in line with you. I'm Toy Story 4 is phenomenal. It's definitely one of the tops. Um, John Wick Parabellum is is a, a top three, if not a top two, if not my favorite f- mil- f- uh, film of the year. Avengers Endgame stuck a landing that that for many people seemed impossible. Um, and I would probably put Avengers Endgame up at the top for me as my favorite movie of the year. I will say, though, and I know this might not count. You know, this is a larger conversation about distribution and things like that. But Deadwood the movie on HBO was so good. It was just so as a, as a as a as an ending film, and that's the thing is 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 it is it really a movie? Is it really more of just an extended series finale of a television show that existed for three seasons? I don't know. All I know is they called it Deadwood the movie. It was two hours long. It had some quality Ian McShane action, some Timothy Oliphant action, and it was one of the most satisfying things that I watched all year. So. Despite the fact that it might not make my number one, it might not even really be a quote-unquote actual movie. I don't know how we're judging them anymore. Deadwood the movie was one of the favorite things that I sat down and watched this year. So that's the last one I'll talk about in terms of favorites. Um, What about surprises? You had mentioned that you were pleasantly surprised by Toy Story 4. But then again, remember, to question Pixar is a fool's errand. Sure. You know, of the movies I've seen, and like I said, there's a lot of smaller movies that that I really would like to see that I haven't seen mm-hmm. thus far. Um, but of the movies I I saw this year that I would say I didn't have really any expectations and 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 I really enjoyed. I actually enjoyed fighting with my family. OK, um, it's it's not something that I would say deserves awards or anything like that. But like it, I thought it'd just be. I mean, it's a WWE movie, <laughs> so I, I kind of had a low bar set for it. But um, the cast is fantastic in it. It's funny. Um, and it's just I mean, it's kind of like a to me, it almost reminds me a little bit of like a throwback, like family film from that sure. standpoint, too. But I enjoyed it. And obviously, you know, used to be a lot into wrestling and, and not as much anymore, but it's it's still a fun topic for me. So I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Which is funny because I'm more into wrestling and I haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> um, I have two big surprises. One is a personal surprise. And it's, it's as much as I talk about all of these alternate ways that we can watch movies, I am genuinely surprised in myself that I haven't watched a lot of the Netflix originals that have come out this year that have big talent attached to them you know uh i watched triple frontier which i really liked and i watched the highwaymen which i wasn't as high on and i watched velvet buzzsaw which was somewhere in the middle but i didn't see high flying bird with steven soderbergh i watched that one i I didn't did you watch that one yep is it good it's good 
It's uh, we won't turn this into a high yeah. flying bird review, but yeah. it's Soderbergh doing the NBA. It's solid, and it's 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 a different movie. So like, you almost appreciate it more for like what it's achieving, knowing that one, it was shot solely on an iPhone. Um, sure, some, yeah. Some different things. I mean, that's the great part about Soderbergh. If 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 you're listening to this and you've seen Soderbergh outside of the Ocean's movies, but even if you've just seen the Ocean's movies, like. He likes to do different things than kind of your standard film. And, and so it's always fun to watch his because he always pushes the envelope in different ways. And so, sure. well, I don't think the movie to me was like one of those that will go down as like super memorable or the story was just like incredible or the acting was like just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing how it was done and even just the way that he put together is is definitely memorable. Definitely. and I mean, you know, beyond that, like we got... Rim of the World, which was directed by Mick G. You got Unicorn Store with Brie Larson. You got Wine Country with literally every funny woman from SNL in it. Always Be My Maybe was huge. And despite the fact that I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan, him teaming up with Jennifer Aniston again in Murder Mystery, I haven't seen any of those movies. Now, on one hand, it's exciting because I still get to hopefully watch them. On the other hand, I'm kind of shocked that I haven't already. The other surprise, the actual surprise for the movie that I saw, I was really, really surprised at how much I enjoyed Alita Battle Angel, which is by no means a masterpiece. Um, But I was really like, how is this movie going to work when I watched the trailers? I I had questions, which again, despite the fact that I say, like, don't question James Cameron, and he produced that movie when Robert Rodriguez directed it, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the world. I enjoyed the action. The action, some of the best action of the year, you know, Marvel and John Wick notwithstanding. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that as well. Now, we were talking about movies that we haven't seen yet. Are there any particularly on your list that you wish you would have seen? Um, there's or that not, you're, you, you, I mean, you still got half a year. There's, there's not a ton that, like, I was really looking forward to that I didn't see yet. Um, that being said... You know, from hearing people talk and and even talking to a few people who have seen it, um, I do feel like I need to go and see Booksmart. Um, Mm -hmm. It's gotten so much praise and, you know, not just, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is 97 percent, which is is awesome. Um, But the people that have seen it said it's actually like really funny and a a great movie. So I'm excited to check that out when I get a chance to. Definitely. I I have. Quite, I have quite a few, but Booksmart is on the list. Brightburn is on the list. Brightburn was like right up my alley. I just never got an opportunity to see it. Um, and Longshot was another one that's like, again, it just escaped the time that I had, at, you know, the free time that I had to see it. Um, and I, I'm really excited to eventually watch that. Now, I know we're only at the middle point of the year, and we'll talk about the rest of the year coming up. But, David, do you think... Out of the movies that have come out now already, are there any that you think might be best picture contenders? Uh, you know, I don't think there's any that would win that have been out. Sure. Um, you know, never say never with something like Endgame. Um, you know, it could get a little bit of like in its own way, Return of the King treatment from the standpoint of like it's celebrating it as a cinematic achievement sure um it could also run it could also get the harry potter treatment it could also get the harry potter treatment nothing but it it, then they also could think we don't know it anymore because we 
gave Black Panther some love last year. True. Um, I think you never say never about us. I don't think us is quite the achievement that Get Out was last year. Right. Um, but I do think it was fantastic. So I don't know other than maybe, and I haven't seen it, so it's hard to talk about it, but the the love for Booksmart has been pretty high that, that maybe it's, you know, that, that smaller indie type film that, that gets in there. There always seems to be one or two that gets momentum when it comes to Oscar season. Um, maybe that's, that's Booksmart this year. I'm not sure, but nothing really screams to me. Yes, no doubt. That's, that's going to get a nomination or it better get a nomination, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we lived in a world where the Oscars worked the way that they were supposed to and we got a genuinely diverse group of Best Picture nominees, I would say that maybe Toy Story 4 has the best chance. At yeah, it. I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be an uphill because of everything, of everything. <laughs> and because they and because they know it's it's winning best animated like sure. you can tell me frozen 2 has a shot sure but it doesn't have a shot it doesn't it's, have a shot. it's toy story 4 yeah i mean the, like you said us it didn't really shake the world as much as get out did rocket man i feel is probably the better movie over bohemian rhapsody but i think the 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 backlash i don't know if that's the correct word but people kind of in hindsight realizing that bohemian rhapsody wasn't as that as as a monumental and realized wow Rocket Man's a lot better but we already kind of did this with Bohemian Rhapsody it wasn't as successful it didn't make eight hundred million dollars worldwide yeah um they have an outside chance but it's out 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 outside yeah I, I think you have some films that are going to get nominations in other categories I just don't know that there's any outside of like you said toy story if you were putting betting odds toy story would probably have the best odd to sure. get a nomination um followed by maybe us and avengers and Booksmart somewhere in there i would probably put Booksmart right on par with toy story 4 sure as we speak now but uh, we still have six months there's and, a and, lot. and basically all the oscar bait movies to come oh my gosh there's a lot and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the second half of the year and we're going to talk about some of our most anticipated what you should be looking out for what might get that best picture talk but before we do you know you know it's time for a quick little ad break what's up good movie buddies before we continue i want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of the popcorn diet delivered to you for free absolutely free by hitting that subscribe button following us wherever you're listening from whether it be apple Podcasts, google play store soundcloud spotify wherever you listen to your podcast give us a rating give us a review share with your friends share us with your family help spread the good word of the popcorn diet with your own good movie buddies we also want to remind you to check us out on patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and considering becoming a patron of the podcast not only is it going to help us improve the podcast? But it's also going to give you access to exclusive patron-only episodes like our franchise refills and maybe a couple of other new patron-exclusive episodes that we're cooking up for the second half of the year. So definitely check that out at patreon.com slash Diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet. And last... But certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, Oscar predictions, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But David, now it's time to talk about the future. And there's a lot. <laughs> there, there's, and you know what's funny is that there is a lot of movies coming out, but there's also some weekends that are just, just right now, as they exist, abysmal. 
And so what we've done is we've kind of taken a look. We've kind of broken down a little bit what movies are coming out by their scheduled month, at least right now. According to Wikipedia, we, we did some cross-referencing with Wikipedia, Box Office Mojo, stuff like that on what current movies are coming out. David, how do you want to do this? I think you were the one who wrote this down. Are we gonna, we're going to rattle through these and just focus yeah, so on a couple, I, right? I figure, you know, well, let's preface this first saying we're not going to list every single movie that's coming out. We've basically gone through month by month and, and picked our noteworthy ones. There's always ones that pop up, ones that come out of nowhere that we heard very little about that get a bunch of love yeah. on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, that being said, um, we think we've done a pretty good job of picking um, most of the ones. And some of them, it's not that we put them on this list because we think they're going to be like just the most amazing movie ever. It's more of like this is going to be a big movie or it's going to be widely talked about when it comes out. Right, exactly. And so let's start with... So we got a couple more weeks left of July. Yep. We're, we're recording this on July 8th. And so this this weekend we have crawl and stuber coming out as well as uh next weekend we have the lion king and then lastly wrapping up this month um the big movie is going to be once upon a time in hollywood yes tarantino film so what jumps out to you there listen man i know we could spend time talking about tarantino talking about disney as we sit here recording this the reactions for the lion king are coming out yet i haven't read them I'm not going to spoil the reactions for myself. I'll wait till we're done recording. But I got to talk about. I already Crawl. read a bunch of them. I got to talk about Crawl. Crawl comes out. Everything that I've read about it said it's gnarly. It's a lean, mean animal attack disaster movie. A good throwback. I'm very, very excited to see some alligators attacking people. You know, David, how much I like animal attack movies. Uh, they are hold a special place in my heart. So I am going to take this opportunity for whoever is listening to say, if you're into animal attack movies, go see Crawl. I am so going to see Crawl because, of course, I'm going to see the other movies. I'm there for Tarantino opening night. I'm there for Lion King opening night. But I got to get a, get a little love for Crawl. Alexander Aha directing it. He directed Piranha 3D. So you know how much I likes me some Piranha 3D. Um, double D? Not Double D. Double D is crap. That movie is too much. <laughs> too much of a good thing with Piranha, Piranha 3 Double D. For July, for me, you know, without exhausting <laughs> Lion King and, and Once Upon a Time, Stuber I'm actually really excited about. I'm excited yeah. that we're, we're leaning into, you know, what I don't think anybody would have predicted back when he was wrestling that the Batista how songs? great Batista would be in com comedic roles. He's fantastic. And I'm so really happy for him. I'm I'm excited for this film. I think it's it'll be a uh, a, f a fun time. So. Yeah, it looks like a throwback to the old like 48 hours para comedian with like a tough gruff guy. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Um so then August we get a few more cuz obviously more. we're a couple couple we're almost 2 weeks into July now. Uh -huh. um, but we have Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. We have Dora in the Lost City of Gold. Okay. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm -hmm. The Peanut Butter Falcon. Mm -hmm. Good Boys. Where Did You Go, Bernadette? Where Did You Go? Ready or Not. Angel Has Fallen. And mm, My, my spy. spy. More more Batista. More Batista. Double, double helping to Dave here. What's What one stand out to you out of those? You know, I'm interested... It, it seems crazy to me, so I don't know what to expect from it. Oh, I'm excited. 
but Peanut Butter Falcon yes. looks super interesting. Yes. Um, cast is obviously great. Um, it, it'll be interesting to, to see. it. It's one of those I feel can swing either way. Sure. You get nervous about it being released in August that it's going to swing the not as good way. Right. Will it have um, the momentum? But it, it also obviously, you know, you watch the trailer for it if you haven't watched it. And it screams of something that could easily be, you know, a, a factor in, in Best Picture nomination. It you just, know, it's one of those films. Yeah, it just looks like a good time. Yeah. Um, but obviously, of this month, the thing I'm most excited for is Fast and the Furious. Hobbs and Come Shaw. On now. Come on now. Champagne was a, a cold can of whoop-ass and a champagne problem right there. <laughs> I'm also there for Hobbs and Shaw, but I will, I will, I'm there for Hobbs and Shaw zero question all right i'm also there for angel has fallen that stupid ass franchise i'll be <laughs> i'll be there okay but i agree with you i watched that trailer for peanut butter falcon about five times and it just made me feel good inside and everything i've heard about the peanut butter falcon makes me feel good you got shia labeouf you got dakota johnson bruce dern um it, it kind of has this Beasts of the Southern Wild mm-hmm. vibe to it. And I really like that movie. I know that movie's not for everybody. I liked it. Um, I was a big I, fan. I, I really am excited to see what the Peanut Butter Falcon does. And then I'll also shout out to Ready or Not, which looks like this little lean, mean little action thriller about a, a guy who brings his wife, his new fiance slash wife, to meet the family. And apparently, like, their idea of welcoming people to the family is to play a game of killer hide and seek and to hunt down the new family member. And if they can survive, then they're part of the family. There like, you go. this is very interesting. Sounds I, like a Rick movie. I love these high concept type stuff, like You're Next, The Invitation, those types of movies. So I'm into that as well. Um, yeah, definitely. September. Right. What do September. we got for September? So September, we kick it off with It Chapter 2. Yep. Then we move on to The Goldfinch, yep. Ad Astra, Rambo, Last Blood, and 21 Bridges. Again, we're picking out kind of the ones that we see as as worthwhile talking about, um, ones that we will most likely see. It's not that there's not probably other ones coming out that month, but these are kind of the ones that, that we wanted to to kind of talk about for me i mean obviously i'm excited somewhat for it chapter two you know it's not my type of film but i'm excited for it sure they cast it really well i enjoyed the first one we clowned up the first time we 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 clowned up the first time we might have to clown up again 21 bridges is super interesting to me but the one the one i'm most excited for is definitely ad astra with 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 Brad Pitt, I'm a, again. It's it's one of those where you pause a little bit when it's coming out in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're gonna get another. What was the one with Damon and Clooney last year that, on paper, you looked out and you're like, was it the Suburbicon? The Suburbicon, <laughs> man. And, that and downsizing both. We were like, oh, those are gonna be it. And then, spoiler alert, they were not. <laughs> they were not. So, um, little concerned it's coming out in September, but you know, you got. Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, I'm in. James Gray, yeah, absolutely. Liv Tyler, Donald Sutherland. And, and we did, you know, and like you said, we, we're not talking about, like, Abominable. We're not talking about the animated Abominable Snowman movie. We're not talking about Downton Abbey. Those movies are coming out, and those movies, I'm sure, are exciting to the people who want to see them, and that's great, but... Isn't it Dunton or... Downton. 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 Not downtown. Downtown. Downton. Okay. <laughs> 
just to be sure. Um, I would probably say Ad Astra as well. Uh, it's got everything in it that I'm interested in. But I, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that 21 Bridges is a movie that is being produced by the Russo brothers, starring Chadwick Boseman, J.K. Simmons, Sienna Miller, J- Taylor Kish. That is an original movie. I thought you were going to say The Goldfinch for sure. That's going to be some Oscar bait right there. <laughs> That's going to be some Oscar bait. Um, but yeah, man, like, again, it's a cop movie and sure, it's not that hard to do like a quote unquote original cop movie because they're really not all that original, but I'll be there for that one. I'll okay. be there for that one. I love me some Chadwick. All right. Um, October, we get the Joker, um, the Joaquin Phoenix yeah. Joker, which I, everybody talks about Joaquin Phoenix, but people forget you got people like De Niro in there. You got Francis uh, Conroy. Yeah, there's there's other names in that film that that get me excited. Yes, um, Gemini Man, the the latest Ang Lee film. Will Smith against Will with Will Smith. Smith. Uh, Parasite, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Zombieland, Double Tap, Double Tap. Jojo Rabbit, Torrance, and Doctor Sleep. That's a lot. That's that's a. Uh it's not an insignificant list of movies there. And I'm going to take this opportunity. I know Joker is going to be the hot topic, right? I know Dr. Sleep is going to be a hot topic. But I want to take an opportunity to focus on three of the movies that people might not have heard about that I am excited for. Parasite what? being okay. one of them. Okay. Um, Bong Joon-ho directed one of my favorite foreign films, The Host. Okay. Uh, Korean film, monster movie. He's got a very weird... Uh, blend of comedic and thriller and it won the Palm to Oricon which I know isn't normally like a measuring stick for you and I you know because of the French and all that shit Um, but I'm very excited for Parasite I'm also excited for Jojo Rabbit hey that was mine if for no other reason it's Taika we're getting some Taika and I I believe Taika's playing Hitler Taika is playing Hitler (laughs) so Taika's playing Hitler and the cast includes Obviously, Taika, yep. but also Sam Rockwell, Scarlett Johansson, what? Rebel Wilson. I mean, come on. It's um, and it's <laughs> here's here's all you get for the description please, on IMDb. Please. A young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. OK. On the surface, if I read that, I'm thinking. Right. OK. Like this is going to be a serious like World War Two. But then it's like Taika. You're it's like, is Taika branching out to something? What are we doing but, here? It's a Fox Searchlight movie, and the 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 I guess it's the poster for it right now says an anti-hate satire from director Taika Waititi, and from that apparently it's supposed to be pretty funny. Uh, it um, looks just from the brief glimpses that have been out there right now, it looks like it's going to be one of the weirdest, most interesting movies of the year. Um, I'm definitely there for Jojo Rabbit, but I also want to give a little bit of love to Torrance as well. Uh, and David, I think this is a movie that is right up your, my alley and your alley. We got Gavin O'Connor directing it, director of uh, The Accountant, or yeah, The Accountant. Um, is The Accountant the the Ben Affleck action yeah. movie? Yeah. And Warrior, one of my favorite movies, the MMA movie with Tom Hardy and Joel mm-hmm. Egerton. This has him coming back with Ben Affleck, and it's about a disgraced former basketball scorer who's, star who's looking to regain his soul by coaching his old high school's basketball team. Come on. 
That's like, that's everything we could hope for. It's Affleck. It's O'Connor. It's disgraced former star. It's high school basketball. It's like Coach Carter, but with Affleck. Like, I'm, 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 a, I'm there. I'm there. A thousand percent for that. <laughs> um, so I definitely wanted to bring that up as well. That one right now is called Torrance. And it's supposed to come out on, on October 18th, but... Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But yours is Jojo Rabbit? You're going Jojo? Jojo Rabbit, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited for Zombieland. Um, I love the original Zombieland. Absolutely. Um, I love that we are apparently getting Bill Murray again and, and, and Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Rosario Dawson, Thomas Middleditch. Like, what? And I everybody mean, from the original. And everybody from the original. So I'm excited. All right, November, we've right. got... Terminator, Dark Fate, okay. Motherless Brooklyn, yes. Midway, Charlie's Angels, Ford v. Ferrari, Frozen 2, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Knives Out. Oh. Can I make a quick observation? Oh my it's God. super interesting to me that we have more trailers for November than I feel like what we have for October or September. Yeah, no. Combined, I've, even. It's We got trailers for... Terminator. Almost every one of these. Charlie's Angels, yep. Ford v. Ferrari. Yep. Frozen 2. Yep. Do we have a beautiful day in the neighborhood? I don't know if we no, do. We do knives not. out we though. We just got knives out. So we do we have any for those October movies? Yeah, we, we got mentioned? Joker, we got Gemini the Gemini Man. Man. We got okay. two Maleficents and we just got a Doctor Sleep. But okay. all of those ones like No Zombie Land, No JoJo, No Torrance, Parasite, I think well, there's probably one out probably. there. Um, but there's a few that haven't come even from the even from September September, you know, like which always worries you a little bit, a little. A it little. worries if you're still trying to figure it out how you want to market it. For the most part, there's been a trailer for every every one of these. But but yeah, what are you? Ex I mean, this is a murderer's row. And we again, we didn't talk about some of the other ones. You got Last Christmas coming out. You got uh, The Good Liar, which apparently with Ian McKellen, Heron, Helen Mirren, apparently getting some buzz here. But out of the ones that we, you know, found interesting, what's what's a couple that you want to spotlight? You know, I think the easy ones for me would be Midway or Ford v. Ferrari. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, you know, I'm going to I'm going to highlight Knives Out. One, I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan. And and two. I love the trailer. The trailer's fantastic. It's yes. like Clue to me. Like it's like a new amped up version of Clue. It's um, and I'm pumped because awesome. I love Clue. It's awesome. I'm very excited to see Ryan Johnson make a hey original movie. This mm -hmm. I predict Knives Out is gonna uh, Ryan Johnson. And again, this it could not happen, but Ryan Johnson has made so many good mo original movies whilst doing the Last Jedi, and he's also working on another Star Wars. Uh, trilogy, some more projects and stuff. Ryan Johnson has all the makings of being the next Christopher Nolan, except for the fact that there's a bunch of Star Wars nerds on the internet who hate him. But Knives Out reads a lot to me like an Inception level kind of step up. It'd be interesting. I mean, definitely as you as you look at the the lists and that kind of stuff, definitely could be an interesting uh, sure. option for original screenplay. Absolutely. I, I, I'm excited about Midway because I love a good big-budget war movie. I'm very excited for Ford v. Ford v. Ferrari. That's another one that's right up our alley. But the other one that no one has talked about, and I don't even know if it's going to come out when it comes out, This it's Edward Norton written and directed. You got Edward Norton. You got Willem Dafoe. You got 
Gugu uh, Mantha-Ra, you got Bobby Cavanale, Cannavale, excuse me, Baldwin, Bruce Willis, Michael K. Williams, and the story is about a private investigator with Tourette's syndrome working to solve the mystery of his mentor's murder in 1950s New York. Yes, please, and thank you. Absolutely. All that. I'm there for Motherless Brooklyn. Um, if it comes out, <laughs> sometimes yeah, we don't know a whole lot yet. We don't know if it'll come out or not. We haven't seen some of these change. Like, for example, um, Artemis Fowl was supposed to come out this year. It got bumped ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one that is called, I think, oh, God, what is it called? It was about to come out. The Woman in the Window, which is a big Amy Adams movie that just got bumped to 2020. So any of these could change and be bumped. Um, but that one I'm very excited for. So let's wrap this up with December. What do we got? December, obviously, we got some big ones. All right. So December, Jumanji, The Next Level, Black Christmas, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, Cats, Spies in Disguise, Little Women, 1917, and Clemency. All right. I am not going to name any of the popular ones. I'm there for Jumanji. I'm there for Star Wars. Obviously. Cats is going to be really fucking weird. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what happens with Cats. But I am interested in two movies here. I'm introduced in, in Clemency. Clemency uh, won the uh, grand prize at Sundance. You got Alfre Woodard in there. You got Wendell Pierce. It's a really, really good cast. Apparently, it's, it's a fantastic drama. So I'm eyeballing that. And then 1917. Sam Mendes, nobody knows anything about this movie except that it follows two young soldiers during World War One. It's got Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch, Richard Madden, Andrew Scott. Like, okay, Sam Mendes, World War One, that cast, my butt's in the seat. Congratulations, you've got me there. Um, although I have seen some people express doubt because there's always, every year, there's always a couple of like, as we mentioned, the the previous year with uh, Suburbicon and, and Downsizing, there's always those movies that seem like they're going to be Oscar, you know, contenders that just fade away. And they, and they truly fade away into obscurity to never be talked about it again. Nobody is going to talk about Suburbicon ever, except in the way that we're talking about it. So that's another thing I'm interested in is to see which of these movies fade away into obscurity when when they took such a big shot um what about you what do you got as far as excitement for december oh man um (laughs) it's it's a lot it is a lot um you know there's 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 a lionsgate film coming out you can say star wars too there's a lionsgate movie you didn't even mention there is a lionsgate movie the, the untitled Charles Randolph project. I just, I don't know what this is about. Uh, I believe it was called um, Fair and Balanced. I believe that's what it's rumored to be about. And it's... I mean, listen to the cast, though. It's I mean, crazy. It's Charlize Theron. Yep. Nicole Kidman. Yep. Margot Robbie. John Lithgow. Allison Janney. Kate McKinnon. Malcolm McDowell. Uh-huh. Mark Duplass. I mean... There's a lot of names in there. Jay Roach. It, you know, it gets it gets when it gets categorized, categorized, it's drama slash biography. Yep. So it may be a biopic. It's that we're getting. So I pulled it up here. 
it is a it's and this is why I'm not this big on this. Okay, mm-hmm. it centers around the stories of various female Fox News personnel and their altercations with founder Roger Ailes. Okay, oh now that is very tantalizing for Hollywood, <laughs> right? The cast, I'm there. The cast is crazy. However, we're getting Roger Ailes stuff already on Showtime. We're getting stuff with Russell Crowe playing Roger Ailes right now. So is this going to come out and be a little uh, same old, you know, more of the same? What is this movie going to do to set itself apart from what they're doing right now? The interesting part about it. Or will it, it have to? The interesting part about it is it gets ca- categorized as a drama, but Jay Roach, who's directing it, is, is Mostly not comedy. drama. He's Mostly comedy. Austin Powers. He's Meet the Parents. Dinner for Schmucks. He uh, did Trumbo. The Campaign. Uh-huh. But he, he did... He did he did Trumbo, which was a little more kind of uh, Mystery Alaska. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of drama. Mystery in Alaska his. is so good. <laughs> Mystery Alaska is so good. So I'm interested. You know me. I'm always in for a good Lionsgate Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. The other thing to think about this, and this is another interesting thing, is although his theatrical movies have been mostly comedies, he's been doing a lot of historical dramas. Um, on television, like he did Game Change, which was the story of Sarah Palin. He did that for HBO. He did All the Way, which was what I, which was about LBJ. Um, was that for HBO as well? I can't remember. Yeah, I think that was for HBO as well. So he has definitely, you know, the, the dramatic bona fides, so to speak. But I will be interested to see how this... This is interpreted. It's going to be a very interesting climate in terms of you got election coming out. You got the stuff with Russell Crowe and his Roger Ailes project, which is already coming out. Um, killer cast, though. I mean, how can you not be intrigued about yeah. that? So, uh, but I mean, the answer is Star Wars for me. But I yes. figured we'd talk about something. Other yeah, than no, Star Wars. for sure. Um, I mean, you know what we didn't? I mean, we didn't talk about. It's not it's there isn't a release date. We don't know when the release date is. So we didn't talk about this. The Irishman. We didn't talk about the Irishman. <laughs> we didn't talk about another movie which doesn't have a release date right now, which is called The Lighthouse. Are you familiar with The Lighthouse? Um, you got number one Irishman, Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, Netflix. I'm very interested to see what happens with this project. It's it's supposed to be immensely expensive. It's supposed to use crazy advanced facial aging technology to make everybody in the movie be their younger selves again. So I'm really intrigued to see how that goes. But we didn't talk about in uh, in August the kitchen either. That's coming out. The too. kitchen. Yep. Uh, with um, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy and. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, Moss, Tiffany Haddish, yeah. Common, yeah. number of people. There's a lot of movies coming out. The other one that, I, I mean, I guess to wrap it up, I suppose, with with a nice little indie film, A24, um, producing it and distributing it. Um, it's called The Lighthouse. It's, uh, it's Robert Eggers' follow-up to The Witch, and it's supposed to be like this psychologically intense movie, and it's Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as veteran lighthouse keepers um, who go toe to toe with each other, stranded on a storm, stormy, rocky island. I'm, I can't help but be interested by that. You know, I can't. They just look. Even the picture that came out, it's black and white. It's shot in old thirty-five millimeter film. Apparently, the the filmmaking and the acting is phenomenal. 
um, the 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 style, the 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 cinematography, uh, cinematography is apparently phenomenal, and the picture out there of like Defoe and Pattinson look like these two craggy old lighthouse keepers. I'm in. I'll be there. You let me know when that movie comes out, and I'll be there for the lighthouse. You mean Defoe and Batman? Defoe and the new. I can't help but be a little bit interested in some more Pattinson work now <laughs> that he's gonna be the new Batman. I gotta do. I got to do post-Twilight research. No Twilight <laughs> research. No Twilight research, but some post-Twilight research we're going to do. But yeah, man, I'm very excited for, for this upcoming year. You excited? Yeah. It's hard I, not I, to be. It's, uh, it's, it's hard not to be. It's, it's funny because we had so many this, – this year was so front-loaded with like big. super big movies yeah. that it's, it's easy to forget even that like we've got a – freaking star wars movie coming out yeah. this year like it's easy to forget about that um but i think we also have a lot of super interesting when it comes to as we get back to kind of just tying back to what we talked about in the beginning which is original content yep. like we've got some really good original content like funny enough there's not many of like the the repeats you know the remakes the sequels the and that, that i'm year. that i'm really that interested in like i don't really care about seeing the cats movie like even though <laughs> you i can't know, wait for the trailer I don't, I don't really care to see you know maybe little little women with greta gerwig that cast, it would be interesting that cast. Um, that cast is loaded too but um you know i'm excited for all the original ones we're getting i you know and we talked about a lot of them but it, it should be a really fun second half of the year. It's funny how, remember when the Oscar season wrapped up, we were like, all right, enough of the prestige movies. We need to get some popcorn, some some blockbusters. And now we're like, all right, enough of the sequels, enough of the blockbusters. We need, we need a, you know, just like any other diet out there, the popcorn diet needs to be a balanced diet. You need to have the blockbusters and you need to have the actual quality films with great acting, great cinematography, That's great right. directing and stuff like that. So it'll, it'll be a great rest of the year. I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm excited for all the conversations. Um, but before we go, before we wrap it up, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of this podcast delivered to you for free. Just hit subscribe. Follow us wherever you're listening to us from. F hit that follow button. Share us. Take a few seconds. Write a rating. Write a review. Share us with your good movie buddies. Don't forget you can find us at patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Consider giving a couple bucks to the podcast. Help us improve the podcast and get access to patron-only episodes. Don't forget we're on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the popcorn diet. And last but of course not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, reviews, articles, predictions, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, wishing you a happy rest of 2019, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.